Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to another episode within the lines, the in-depth film podcast where two best friends use their patent pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a movie. Today is Wednesday, February twenty second, twenty twenty three. Two two two. Two 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 three. Two 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 three. And today, today, we are reviewing mm. the third film in the Ant Man trilogy tie. Yeah. Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania? I think I got that right. Correct. It is the third installment and in arguably um the worst up-to-date uh, trilogy in the MCU. It is the, I believe, 31st MCU film, if I'm not mistaken. It is the 42nd MCU project. I know that. You told me that before the podcast. Yeah. Um, and this comes in a big time for the MCU. It's the start of Phase 5. It's coming off of a lackluster Phase 4 that was not received well by critics and fans alike. But still coming off of a good performance, all things considered, of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So this is could be an inflection point for the MCU, especially because it introduces their main villain of the next two phases. Well, maybe not introduces because we've already been introduced yeah. to him. Just like continues introducing. So it, this is a big movie, all things considered, Ty. And it wasn't getting great reviews by the critics. And, you know, we powered through. We got some Marvel bias. And um, I'm very excited to talk about this film and all its pros and its cons. This is going to be a great conversation. Let's get into the show. 60% of the time, it works when scott lane and his family find themselves pulled into the quantum realm they have to face off against King the Conqueror, 
a villain who has the ability to destroy the entire multiverse. I notice when you read your synopsis, you do like a little reader's voice. I like it. Oh, of course. Yeah, I got to make it sound official. Ant-Man and the Wasps, Quantum Mania. This is your last warning. Spoilers ahead. As always, with all these movie reviews, yeah. who hops into a movie review and doesn't expect spoilers? I guess if it's a spoiler-free review. Um, we don't do those here. <laughs> no, we do not. Typically, we talk um, widespread MCU implications moving forward, all of that stuff um, at the beginning. But I think this time around, I think it's fitting if we just jump straight into the film, mm-hmm. jump straight into our patent-pending movie ranking scale, and then kind of talk about the implications after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Considering that this film kind of just jumps right into it itself, which we could talk about. Um, <laughs> as mentioned, not getting received very well. 48% no. critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 327 reviews. It does have an 84 audience score, so it is still somewhat li- – it is still being liked yeah. being liked uh, by Marvel fans that are flocking to the theaters to see this. Um, but 48 is pretty low, Ty. If I'm not mistaken, that's like one of the lowest scores. It is. That second movie has lowest. received. Do you have the list in front of you? No, but I know from pain what the lowest MCU score is. <laughs> um, I have it right here. It is the second lowest. The only two, one of the only two to get a rotten, and uh, the lowest mm. being Eternals yeah. 2021 with a 47. percent Just fucking blasphemy that those two movies are in the same conversation. <laughs> um, Thor: The Dark World, Incredible Hulk. We've we've been through this down this path before, naming all these films. So compared to the other Ant Man's, um, Ant Man One got a. I just saw it and I lost it. Eighty two, eighty three percent. That was a guess. Eighty two. That's not guess. bad. That's you've got, some you got experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we've talked about it before. Um, I know this will upset you, so try not to get too upset. That Ant Man and the Wasps, eighty seven percent. This fucking makes me want to vomit every time I hear it. You know what this film doesn't have? Michael Pena. Forgot about him. Was he in the second one? Yeah, he was definitely yeah. in the second one. Yeah. They just, yeah, all of them. There's the one, like, I don't, Eastern Russian? I don't know. The one dude who's usually in these films, he's like the oh, the Baba Yaga guy. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. was actually in this as a voice actor. They brought him back. He's usually a live action dude in Ant-Man 1 and I think 2. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. part of the team. He voice acted and did the- The broccoli, uh, right? No, the jelly person with holes. No, I thought the jelly person was the guy from the Suicide Squad. Is that uh, the same guy? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, same dude. Brought him back. In a completely different capacity. Yep. David Dostomalachian. What a name. <laughs> I think I nailed that, too. I'm going to be honest. I think that was uh first take. Just hit that right on the head. Um, this film also has William Jackson Harper of uh, the resort fame for <laughs> yes. recurring podcast That's listeners. what everyone knows him from. Um, go check out the resort over on HBO Max. Ty, let's jump into the scale. We know what the critics think. We know what the audience thinks. I want to know what you think, Ty, because Ooh. you told me before this that you have some gripes with this film, maybe mm. one gripe in particular. And I just want to know if that gripe is with the plot slash story. So why don't you kind of break this down for us? Give us your score. So, I mean, we can talk about it. Uh, the the main thing to take away here is whatever I give this score, the person who wrote this film is writing Avengers The King Dynasty. Mm. I am concerned. Mm. I am okay. deeply, deeply concerned because this movie, we get an introduction and then it's just immediately into the quantum realm. And the entire issue, once they fall into the quantum realm, the entire reason they're there, the the whole, oh my God, we have to hide and everything. One of the main characters knows who this is, what the issue is, and just for reasons unbeknownst to me, 
refuses to tell everyone else to create this false sense of mystery in this movie. Okay. Um, and then we, you know, they eventually figure out and meet King. But the entire first half of this movie and, like, the mystery of who are we hiding from and who's the person is just the biggest fucking most ridiculously lazy writing I've seen in the MCU in a long, long time. This isn't what I thought your gripe was going to be with the plot slash story, but okay. I, it's just, it's so fucking stupid. It's like, oh my God, what is it? And she's like, I should have told you guys. And then they just keep going. It's like, fucking tell them. Tell them what happened down there. You know everything. You know who King is. And it's like, oh, I, I should have. Uh, I did things down here. And it's like, yeah, what were those things? Like, oh, he's he's evil. I can't tell you about it. I'm like, yes, you can fucking tell us. And that just takes place the entire first half of the movie until we meet King, which is so lazy because we've already, as the audience, we've already met this character. Yeah. It's not like it's a brand new character that we're all going to be surprised by. Like, we know who this character is. We've seen him in this franchise already. And it just, it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. We didn't get King and then we get big battle action. Um, King gets his ass beat by some ants despite the fact that he has allegedly killed multiple Avengers, including Thor, but can't win in a fist fight against Ant-Man. Um, he kind of won that skills. fist fight. Not really. <laughs> it was close. Ant-Man's just a dude. <laughs> um, I landed on a six. Wow. Out of 20. This story and writing is arguably the worst part about this film. It's not my lowest score. Oh, well, I can't wait for that. Um, yeah. Um, just building on what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know if I want to talk about Ant-Man beating King in a fight one-on-one. Um, I, maybe that's more character. I guess we could talk about it. Um, I had a couple gripes just from a, uh, I guess I could talk about the widespread things you're kind of talking about here, but just some singular plot holes that stood out to me. me. Um, start there. Number one, um, Hope Van Dyme. Is that her name? No, the Hope mom or daughter? the daughter. Janet. Uh, Janet. Miss um, Michelle Pfeiffer. So pretty. So hot, hot damn. How's that Bruno Mars song go? What? <laughs> <laughs> I lost you. Um, there's a Bruno Mars song. Oh, Uptown Michelle Funk. Pfeiffer, that white gold. That's what it is. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> just, I'm historically horrible with uh You just weren't even close lyrics. that you made me forget a song that I very... <laughs> I, I know the song. Um, She's all like... Like you alluded to, no quantum realm, bad, 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 never wants to talk about it. How dare you create a beacon that sends us down there or whatever. Do you remember the post credit scene of Ant-Man and the Wasp? Her just um, purposefully letting Scott go into the quantum yeah. realm. <laughs> they just kept going in there to just like like harvest stuff. Oh, that's bad radio. And like Marvel Defenders, which we usually are, will probably say like, oh, well, she knew that it was a controlled experiment. And he was only going to like... The shallow parts of the quantum realm to collect the things like the particles like it wasn't like she was going deep okay well the the little radar was just sending a signal no one was actually going down there so like yeah just the complete change and that's just a complete like oh we need a reason to tie kang into this now she's going to be all scared and everything um i thought there were unnecessary parts of this this movie um there were i I don't know if this goes into cinematography because cinematography is also kind of partly kind of how you structure a film. I thought the pacing was bad. I thought um, like the whole Bill Murray, which we could get to Bill Murray himself later in the, in the scale was just completely pointless. Like what was the purpose of that little wannabe star Wars bar scene? Yeah. Um, Great call there with the star Wars shit. That's Riley. Riley was a big rip off. Yeah. Riley was uh, 
saying the inspiration from Star Wars is huge here. I was like, inspiration or just rip Hey, off. let me let me see your homework. I promise I'll change it. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't understand like the whole point of that. And like we get weird scenes where we're cutting between, you know, uh, Scott Lang and his daughter and then the other three. And it's like just some things are just unnecessary in this film. And like you said, it's building up the whole Kang thing. And then we get the Kang kind of reveal. And it's like such a a lazy – I don't want to say the stakes were low because in theory the stakes were very high because Kang is supposed to have like these very high stakes. But it's like it, – the right, it was like lazy. It was like – it just felt like a film where like Kevin Feige and all them sat down like, okay, we want to get Kang into the MCU. How can we do it in different ways? Obviously, there's going to be multiple iterations of them. They're like, oh, well, the quantum realm, blah, blah, blah. And, like, they couldn't find, like, an actual way that makes sense. Like, these Marvel movies, like, and this is the stuff that, like, the DCU now uh, gets bashed for. And other, like, sci-fi films and kind of blockbuster films get bashed for. It's it's like, what makes a great MCU film is how it's organically woven. It makes sense for the characters. Even a film like Black Widow, which isn't great, at least has, like, a... a terrible film. You gave it, like, a 75. Way too high. Um, it at least has a story that makes sense with the characters and like, you know what I mean? Like this, I remember why I gave it a high film. It had title cards. Um, this just is like, Hey, let's, let's make a Kang movie and Ant-Man's also in it. And then you get some tonal things that are just completely off by doing this, but the plot holes uh, the portal at the end. Um, it's like a big sacrifice that they stay in the quantum realm and it's just like, Hey, we'll just bring you back. Yeah, with the the radar that originally was just sending signals, now yeah. it can open portals. Makes no fucking sense. Where did um, they get that technology? And I'll, I'll give it, like, some of the stuff, the Quantum Realm stuff, they can get away with. Whatever. The whole ants getting into a time vortex and aging for thousands of years. Whatever. Like, I will allow that. That kind of fits into the rules they have already established. But stuff like the portal that magically opens at the end, like, yeah. that makes no sense. Why couldn't... You could have brought them back in a future movie... You didn't have to do it right away. You could have had like a whole send-off scene where it's like Paul Rudd and um, Hope Van Dyme, Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyme, like settling into this new world that they're protectors of, that they're Avengers of. And eventually you could bring them back in some capacity. Like this is the MCU. Yeah. You can always bring them back. Just don't bring them back right away, right away. Um, I'm sure a lot of Marvel like comic book fans are probably very upset with how MODOK was handled in this. Mm. Just a classic like, hey, let's take a – beloved character at least beloved for me because he's hilarious in the marvel versus capcom fighting <laughs> games and give him a bogus tie-in to the ant-man to a character that a lot of people probably forgot existed yeah um and then just kill him off instantly because yeah. scott uh whatever lang the daughter cassie, cassie lang said don't be a dick yeah um just the the story here is just forced and it's not good his, his introduction by the way they kidnap Scott and Cassie and bring them back to this village. And then Modoc hunts them down and they're like, you fucking let them right to us. And it's like, you kidnapped these people. They didn't do anything. <laughs> you took them against their will. Yeah, this is true. That pissed me off. I was like, what are you talking about right now? That didn't even com- compute in my mind. This, and again, we're kind of spoiled by these like limited series now. And it's just like when you compare these things. It's so different, but it's like this felt like a what if we made this felt like a what if episode. <laughs> like it just felt <laughs> like like, hey, let's make a Kang series where we show all these different Kangs, which honestly might have been better than the garbage they put out in this film. Um, and this is like one episode of the Kang series, like Ant-Man interacts with this version of Kang. And like at least then it's a little bit you can get rid of all the fluff and it's a little bit less like, 
hey, let's get straight to the point, whatever. Whereas this was just built up and built up and built up and didn't execute. The plot didn't make sense. It felt lazy. There was plot holes. There was no story there. I gave it an eight. You gave it lower than me. I gave it an eight. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm real low on it. The writing. The writing is so bad. It is. And it's so concerning because the next big Avengers thing that everyone's excited for is this same guy. And that is the weak point in this movie. Like Jeff Loveness. Other things in this movie, like I won't, you know, Jonathan Majors and Paul Rudd, like I like them as actors. It's fine. The comedy's fine moving forward and other stuff. But like the writing is so fucking bad in this. And he's writing an Avengers level movie and it's just, it's not going to be good. Would you be surprised, Ty, if I told you this is the first ever film he's written? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Why is he doing both of these? They like the I don't know who vouched for him, but you he, can't uh, do that. That's like, yeah, my buddy Rick's a real hard worker, and you get him a job, and he's just, you can't. I'll tell you what he's written for. Onion News Network, which I think was okay. like a parody television show based on like the Onion, the old website that did like fake news. Jimmy Kimmel Live, 238 episodes. The 64th Primetime Emmy Awards. The 68th Primetime Emmy Awards. A TV show called Miracle Workers, where he wrote 12 episodes. Story editor in seven episodes. Uh, Rick and Morty, 19 episodes. No, excuse me. Supervising producer, 19 episodes. He wrote like seven or eight episodes. Okay. Now Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. And I want to make sure I get this correct, Ty, because I don't want to mess this up. Um... Was the the Academy Awards where they messed up the movie winner? That was Moonlight, right? That was the Moonlight year? Yeah, it was Moonlight and La La Land. Well, he was the writer for that Academy Awards. No. <laughs> so No, this man's cursed. Um, because it was hosted by Jimmy Kimmel, and I'm sure Jimmy Kimmel probably, you know, was like, Hey, let's get my guy in. Jimmy here. Kimmel's the one who had it like I think Jimmy Kimmel had a part in that, didn't he? Wasn't no, he the wasn't one who it? announced it? I thought it was um Steve Harvey. Or did Steve Harvey have a different <sighs> Moonlight moment that was like that, but it wasn't the same? No, Steve Harvey had the the Miss Universe or whatever one I that, thought. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, very similar. No, yeah, this guy's cursed. I mean, he has the bad Oscars. He has Rick and Morty with the pedophile rapist. Yeah, the show creator. Is he creator. rapist? He's a pedophile. I, allegedly, uh, you know, there's allegations, very serious allegations. Yeah, this isn't good. This really isn't good. Faye Dunaway and B- Warren Beatty. Presented La La Land as the winner of Best Picture. Hmm. Beatty said a moment later that he'd opened the envelope and read a card which said Emma Stone in La La Land. He was confused and paused about it, he said. So, yeah, there we go. That's Jeff Love. What did I say his name was? Loveland? Yeah. Love Liar? Loveness. 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 Um, Not good. Did a terrible job in this movie and prove. Work on it. You got a couple years. He's also wrote comic books. That's a bummer. Seems like he knows what he's doing, then he just didn't. You know what? Everyone has a miss. He apparently has had a couple. Everyone has a miss. He uh, he later gained notability for writing four Rick and Morty episodes soon he, after he was hired by Marvel. In 2015, Loveness wrote a comic series sent around the Marvel comic character Groot alongside with Brian Kessinger. In May 2017, he wrote several comic issues centered around other Marvel characters, including Nova and Spider-Man. Um, look, you know who else has written a Marvel comic? CM Punk. And I don't think they're hiring him to write a screenplay anytime soon. That's pretty sick. He wrote, uh, I think, Drax comics, if I'm not mistaken. That'd be cool. Um, he wrote... He co-wrote The Most Cursed, which improved 
which appeared in Vertigo's comics Strange Sports Stories number three. Um, he also co-wrote Marvel Comics Drax ongoing series. Brooks wrote a one-shot, that's his real last name, of Marvel's Master of Kung Fu, which was published November 2017. So, there you go. It's hmm. getting key elements here, Jay. Um, this is a big movie. This is supposed to be a big, world-bending, quantumanium, giant action. But it's still Ant-Man, a little bit of comedy. Ant-Man comedy. Yeah. Got the heist coming back a little bit, I guess. Stealing, sword taking the tough. war. Yeah. And you got the marvelness of it all, mm-hmm. I believe. It's an MCU. Yeah. Through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, It's funny. Yeah. I laughed. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say it's hilarious, but I laughed. The mm-hmm. action. Riley laughed more than I did. She laughed quite a few times in this. Really? Yeah. I was kind of surprised. I mean, no, I was laughing. Like, it wasn't like, you know, out of your seat fucking cracking up, but I was having a good time with it. Um, The action is, is lackluster. It sucks, truthfully. The big action sequences kind of suck. The big fight with the villain kind of sucks. Um, the world building is awful. I don't know if world building I would give into key elements, but continue your thoughts. I just it's quantum mania, and you're supposed to explore this different realm, like you said, it's a Star Wars ripoff, and you want to you have all these sci-fi elements that you're trying to do with this bar and these different places and these different areas and. Don't get me wrong, it got a bad score in a different category, but... I, just, I feel like that has to do sort of with key elements. I landed on a 9. It was funny. I got some laughs out of it. It's MCU-ish. It's not even... Re- I, fuck, at this point, I guess it's right on par for MCU. Um, the action isn't very good, though. It just it leaves a lot to be desired. I, I liked the, the like bare-knuckle fighting at the end. Where they don't have tech and they're just punching the shit out of each other. Lasts like two seconds. Mm-hmm. And it falls into plot slash story of just being a major plot hole. I just think... Yeah, you're right though on the plot hole and not making sense with this character you're trying to build up. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget, this is King the Conqueror. Yeah. This is the he's big done. one. Well, he's not the big, big one. But he's the one everyone's excited for. The big, big one's like that Immortus guy or whatever his name is. The old one. No, I'm pretty sure King the Conqueror is like the the... Like, multiversal level threat guy. Well, King Amortis, or whatever his name is, like, the the leader of the Kang dynasty, or whatever it is. He's, yeah, like, but, the old one. But I think it's different. I think he's the old one. I think this is, like, the like the badass one. Well, it's clear after... We'll talk about what's next. I don't want to jump ahead. Yeah, Um. look, the action's not great with this, but I think it's just a product of it being an Ant-Man film. Um, yeah. Hand never, up. Never forget Ant-Man and the Wasp running through a building and just jumping over tables. Yeah, you kind of... Stole what I was going to say. I was going to say, hand up. I've never seen Ant-Man 1. I don't know how they do it in Ant-Man 1. But Ant-Man 2, there was, like, no action to be be seen. It was him running away from the villain and Terrible. whatnot. Um, so, like, I think it's just a byproduct of Ant-Man. You kind of have, like, two kind of tricks. You can make him really small and do the jump punch thing he was talking about, jump tap. Or you can make him really big, and then he just becomes, like, a Godzilla movie. Yeah. Um, that's your two moves with Ant-Man. Um... There's probably a reason why they delayed Ant-Man so long, even though he was an original Avenger. Just saying. Um, That's a thing, though, Jay. The first one, they do it so good. The first one. Well, the first one, there's a fight scene that takes place like with like a toy train set. But they make it to where they shrink down. and It's like this giant train going through like while they're battling in his daughter's like room with all her toys and stuff. And like that stuff's cool. If you can make yourself feel small in an area that we're used to, you know. Yeah. Something that me and you, like, if they fight on my laptop or on our desk right here, 
Like, they can use that, and that would be cool. And this stuff that seems common, like, you can make that action set pieces. Whereas this, they just go to a different world, and it's when he's small, he's, like, actually small, and it doesn't matter. And when he's big, like you said, it's just Godzilla. Biggest he's ever been. Not really. They're in the quantum realm. He's actually still pretty small right now. <laughs> I'd be a nerd, but... Um, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, the action's just... It's, it's not fantastic. The comedy is, like, there... You get some chuckles, but, like, I know, like, Marvel gets a bad rep of having stupid comedy. And, like, those that still support the DCU that prefer the more gritty superhero movies don't like that. And I'm usually fine with it. It's usually inoffensive. It's usually, you know, it's fine. But there is a fine line, especially when there's tonal things, which was kind of our prediction heading into this, that Ant-Man doesn't really mesh well with Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. Um... Same problem that Thor 1100 Thunder had. It's just like there's some some things that just like it's a little bit too far. And it's like, okay, come on now. Like freaking Modoc's bare ass. I didn't like that. I'll be honest. <laughs> You're laughing. It's so stupid. <laughs> I I was not a fan of that. Like it was just like, is this really what we're doing? We're, we're yeah. resorting to poop jokes pretty much. I mean, um, in its defense, Daredevil does the same thing. Or not Daredevil. Uh, Deadpool does the same thing with the baby legs. Okay, but Deadpool is like an adult comedy <laughs> it also like has f-bombs and a bunch yeah. of other stuff so it yeah. leans into it this was like uh we're gonna flash it real quick and get some laughs but then also try to take this modoc character serious like it's just it's a different thing um or the whole don't be a dick thing like that's not that's kind of right up marvel's alley but at the same time it's kind of like all right like really this is the best you have like that wasn't funny like i, I wasn't laughing um so the more I talk about it, the more this just goes down for me. Like <laughs> you the, just keep dropping it. The action's not great. The comedy's okay. It feels like an MCU movie, but almost for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I'm gonna go with a nine. I'm gonna go with a nine out of twenty. Oh, you're right with me. Is that what you gave it? Yeah. Oh, yes, I yeah, am. Yeah, I um, I stole this from someone off TikTok, but they made made this point, and it's a wonderful point. With an Ant Man movie, you want like that, you know normal world small person like i was saying and i think of like civil war where he climbs through iron man's suit and tears yeah. it apart yeah like that's what you want out of an ant-man even movie. in freaking infinity war they have him or endgame when they go back in time they have him go into his suit and unplug his heart yeah yeah like, like they that actually make sense that's what you do with a character who can be small and big and small and big with this all of his small and big stuff just turned into him jumping around and fighting like they completely ignored all of the aspects and things that you can do with Ant-Man. And they made the point that this is a Fantastic Four movie, but they don't have Fantastic Four yet, so they made it be the Ant-Man family instead of the Fantastic Four. Because Fantastic Four is where Kane got introduced. It's a descendant of Reed Richards. Where Kane got introduced. Fantastic Four in the comics in the is comics, what relates yeah, to Kane, and he's related he's to Reed Mr. Richards Fantastic. Yeah. And they do, like, you know, that's how they get the powers in outer space and other shit. And this should have been a Fantastic Four movie because it, it just didn't need to be Ant-Man. They've just used Ant-Man for Quantumanium. And he got thrown into this type of film. And it would have been so much better with that kind of dynamic. And I, and I don't even know if you do comedy or anything. But this is a Fantastic Four story where this family gets thrown into this type of world. And they have to battle and, and defeat you know a running villain with them. Mm -hmm. and, and it works that way. And it's their own actions and everything led to this person and they have to fix their problem and they just threw the ant-man family in this to where it just doesn't feel like an ant-man movie at all 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good call, Ty. Um, Again, stole it from someone on TikTok. Can't take credit. I don't have the person's name to give them credit, but I'm not taking credit. I'm trying to see when... I'm trying to go on Wikipedia here and do some research. Sorry. Um, What are you looking for? I'm just trying to see that... Yeah, let's see here. I'm trying to look at the history here because, as you know, Marvel bought 21st Century Fox December 2017. Do you remember how much that deal was for? Lots. $52 billion. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was actually – this was – it was crazy. I was in a media law class when this happened. Or I think I was in spring of 2018 and we were learning about it. It was actually, like, cool to have something like this happen. Um, they've announced and pushed back Fantastic Four films a lot. Okay. Like, so it was first announced 2019 Comic-Con. December 2020, it was announced that John Watts will direct the film. And then Watts stepped down in April 2022, blah, 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 blah. A bunch of stuff happened. Um, (laughs) Literally on this Wikipedia, elements from Fantastic Four Volume 119 and Fantastic Four Volume 116 are adapted in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. No, that's a, he's a Fantastic Four villain. But they're saying that things from this movie are directly adapted. I don't know yeah. what those things are. So I re- I genuinely wonder, it makes sense if they announce it in 2019 Comic-Con, which is in the summer, that the film would come out in spring of 2023. That's two and a half. That's usually like the timeline for these things, right? So I wonder if this genuinely was like their, their Valentine's Day release, President's Day weekend release, spring release, 2023 Maybe a little bit off. Maybe it was holiday. You know, COVID obviously pushed everything back a little bit. Probably holiday is more realistic. But you get the point. Like, this was mm. the point in time they wanted to introduce King. They wanted Fantastic Four to kickstart Phase 5. I don't know if that's true or not. And then, obviously, things happened. Some with the story. I don't know. Like, obviously, stuff that's behind closed doors. And then, But they still wanted to introduce King. And then it got thrown into an Ant-Man movie. That makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, I just... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this was supposed to be a Fantastic Four movie, you know? Yeah, it feels like it, because, like, they just, they threw the Ant-Man family in there. And when I say that, I, it's, fuck the Ant-Man family, by the way. The daughter's annoying. Okay. <laughs> the daughter's annoying. Well, all, this is going to sound, no, because I also don't like Hank Pym. Hank Pym didn't need to be in this. All three of the women are useless. Janet Van Dyme had the worst fucking lines ever. Cassie just yells out dad 150 times throughout the movie. Who's the third woman? Um, The Wasp. She's not even in this. She's like a title character and she has like... I'd say they're all pointless. A couple cameos. Paul Rudd? We're gonna have a conversation about him. I I don't know. This shouldn't have been an Ant-Man movie. This should not have been an Ant-Man movie and it's just... I don't know what you do. The first Ant-Man movie's good and then it's just been downhill... Two is still worse than three, I, I will say, but I don't know. Let me simmer with is three. It? Let me is simmer it? with three. <laughs> we haven't. We didn't do the scale back then. I don't know. I'm trying to see. I'm going back to some research because I really like this Fantastic Four comment. It was originally... I mean, they obviously still have plans to tie it in because Fantastic Four is the movie that comes out directly before... The King Dynasty. Fantastic Four, February 14th, 2025. Avengers King Dynasty, May 2nd, 2025. Yeah. They're supposed to be back-to-back, and Fantastic Four is now kicking off Phase 6. But it's like, I I don't know, dude. I don't get it. 
this article from 2019 when it was first uh, reported was theorizing that it could be released in 2022 or 2023 because at the time they only confirmed confirmed dates for movies through 2021. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I genuinely think that this was the spot they wanted to introduce the Fantastic Four in this point in the timeline, maybe not this exact month. This is where they wanted to introduce Kang. There was theories of this movie taking place in the 60s. Maybe Reed Richard, like, that's the, that's perfect. Maybe Reed Richards, he's obviously a super genius, toying around the Fantastic Four crew. I know they get their powers from space or whatever, but they could tweak it where they accidentally get sucked into the quantum realm, and that's well, how they get their powers. Admittedly, I know they get their powers from space just from, like, the early 2000s movies. I don't know. They could have oh. been the quantum realm for all I know. <laughs> I just know that's how they get it in the movies. So maybe that's... Ty, this is what their plan was. It was a movie based in the 60s because that was the rumors. We would have got 30 minutes of lead up, meet these characters. They get sucked into the quantum realm. Maybe not 30 minutes. Um, they get these powers from the quantum realm because it's quantum realm. You could just say that. Why not? Yeah. They interact with Kang. Kang needs them there because Reed Richards is his descendant or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, whatever. Like they can. It doesn't have to be a shrinking of the core. There could be some reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. And they defeat him, whatever. They get rid of King the Conqueror. Maybe it's not even the Conqueror. Maybe it's just a version of King. They come out of the Quantum Realm somehow uh, with Cassie Lang's portal. Um, she makes it just in time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they come out post-blip, and now they're in the MCU. And that explains why they haven't been here the whole time, but then they're suddenly here. Yeah. That's what the story should have been. A lot of financial stuff involved with them existing in the 60s and coming back. They have a whole lot more money due to inflation and everything. They buy old Avengers Tower, and that's why it's been getting They have a lot on. less money. Oh, inflation, Jay. No, they just come out. They were rich in the 60s. Inflation. They had real estate or something. Well, that's what they come back and they're like, you know how the, the Stark building's changing or whatever in all yeah. these movies. They come back and Mr. Fantastic's like, oh, here's the lease. I've had it oh, just in my pocket this whole time. That works. That works. <laughs> like, I actually owned it before him. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That feels like something along those lines feels like probably what they originally wanted to do because that's a great point. This just And it goes with the story where it just feels like, why is this an Ant-Man movie? just makes so much more sense. And it, it – it very obvious they wanted to introduce Kang at this point in time. Yeah. And Ant-Man was probably the most inconsequential hero they could have put him with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they don't oh. want to only introduce him on Loki. They want to theatrically release him, too. Well, yeah. Also, uh, we didn't mention it in plot slash story. Fuck the ending of this movie. <laughs> the ending of this movie just, like, come out and, like come out, comes out and says, this movie doesn't matter. What she's, do you mean? She's like, oh, we killed Kang and everything's like, oh, but what if we didn't kill Kang? What if he's still out there? No, I think it... And it just completely teases, like, this didn't matter. He's still out there. We didn't win. We didn't do anything. End of movie. I'll push back a little bit because I think the whole... His external crisis at the end was Kang telling him, if you don't let me out, bad things are going to happen. Kang the Conqueror was... Because Kang the Conqueror was saying he sees the end of time. Kind of doing the he who remains thing where, like, if you don't let me out, my other Kangs are going to mess you up. You need me to destroy them. You know, so them play on that more during the film. Then them killing Kang, I think, was supposed to be like a the Kang the Conqueror. Supposed to be like, oh, now they're, you know, now this one, the exiled one's not here. Whatever. So I don't know, man. Visuals, I don't like it. Cinematography tie. Um, As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Riley kind of made me a little mad. I'll be honest. Ooh. This is the first time she knows about this. Because I told her this was going to get a bad score. Because um, I just didn't like the CGI and everything. And she's like, well, you give movies bad scores if they don't have CGI. And, like, I just feel like sometimes she looks down at me with, like, down her nose. Mm. Like, my movie opinions don't matter. Like, okay. I'm just, like, a CGI snob. Does she have a movie podcast? She doesn't. That's, that's all I'm saying. She's just like, oh, you give movies bad scores if they don't have CGI. Like, I'm a CGI slop guy. Which, don't get me wrong. If CGI is good, I love the CGI slop. Yeah. But I also give Fableman's a 19. I also gave Puss in Boots a 19. I gave Babylon a 19. All visual cinematography. First 20 I ever gave was 1917. All um, practical. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, 20. Top Gun Maverick. Probably pretty high. I don't know what it is. Um, 20. I gave it a 20. <laughs> I imagine you're somewhere there with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> better be. I can't. I can't find it. I don't know where it went. Anyways, all that to say, um, circling back, CGI. Avatar Way of Water got a 20. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you went there. I think that movie set such a high bar because, like, I think I stole your thunder earlier. You're still in my thunder right now. <laughs> I think before Avatar, like, we see some CGI and it's like, okay, it doesn't look outwardly fake. Like, it doesn't look bad. The technology's good, so it's good, right? But then you see a movie like Avatar: The Way of Water, and it's so immersive, and it actually feels real and all this stuff. And then you see this film, and it's like. Oh, no, they're standing in front of that stupid LED fucking screen that everyone's hey. talking so great about. And I feel like every movie I've seen with it isn't that good. You haven't watched Mandalorian because it's a fucking <laughs> it works so well, Mandalorian. So well, like it, they just it, haven't figured out how to use it for other stuff outside of Star Wars. There's some practical stuff in here that looks bad. Like there's just some scenes where like you could tell they're in front of blue screen when they're they're falling through the quantum realm. And it's the scene of like him grabbing her and stuff. Wasn't great. There was like a glitchy scene. Remember my Spider-Man No Way Home theory in the trailer where there was like a little yeah. stutter? Yeah, there was a stutter scene in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania when they were both big and they went to hug each other. It legitimately like stuttered. Like the CGI like couldn't handle it when both Cassie and Scott but, were hold big. Hold on, pause. Mm -hmm. If they're both big, there's no CGI there. That's just two people hugging. Well, the CGI was all that they made everything small. Yeah, that's all like... Yeah, but there was Them like a hugging weird stutter. shouldn't be anything with CGI. That should just be practical on set hugging. Well, I think it's because they make the big versions of them like slightly slower. You know what I mean? Because okay. you're big and yeah, you're lumbering. And so I think they despite moved, the fact that that completely ignores the rules they set in the first one. Continue. They move like, you know, they yeah. probably move normal. They had to slow them down, but keep everything normal. There was like a weird. If you rewatch it, like you'll see it. Okay. Um, Modok looks terrible. I don't understand how you somehow find. I think he looks badass when he has the like just the gold. I thought he looked badass. It still looks bad, C like bad CGI. Character design's cool. CGI still looks bad. But then you get his face, his human face. How do? You, how is it worse than George Lopez and Sharkboy and Lava Girl? It's how? Im it's impressive. I will say it. 
Like Shark Boy, lot like because it's look not great. even it's not even just his normal human face. It's like a squished version of his normal human face. And like, if you're gonna alter how his face looks, like m- make changes to like the character. There's like things where it's like all veiny and wrinkly, and like he looks like a fucked up person. Like mess with his face a little bit to where it doesn't look as weird. You can't just squish it. I still respect the VFX team. It was still colorful, and like it might not have been world building, but it was still like. Most of, like, the CGI itself was like, okay, you paid $300 million to make this movie. That makes sense. Whatever they made. I landed at a seven. Uh, I'm not giving them as much respect as you. You brought up up Ant-Man and the Wasp. uh, Avatar, The Way of Water. 30 years from now, someone's going to look back, and you're going to show them those two movies, and you're going to say, these were made in the same year, and they're going to say, wow, that looks like shit when watching Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, It's just... The scene where she, like, steals the one, like, as soon as they fall and the grandma steals, like, the thing and they're flying on it. Mm-hmm. It looks, it's so bad. And, like, the thing with Avatar is it's, it incorporated all these people where they actually felt like they were there in those locations despite it being all CGI. Yeah. This, it was, you could tell from the first moment everyone was in front of a blue screen or that dome. Yeah. It just, it didn't get integrated well. The lighting and everything is off. Everything looks so bad and... Like, yeah, I I guess you get some credit for, like, we're going to do this crazy shit and everything's going to take place in the quantum realm. Yeah. But also, like, if you're going to do that, stop overworking all of your VFX teams to make everything look terrible. Marvel hasn't done good CGI in God knows how long. I gave Thor Love and Thunder a decent visual cinematography solely for that monochromatic scene. But that's um, not even, like, CGI. That's just, like, cool color grading and shit. Yeah. And, like, even in that movie, they have the kid's face that's floating that everyone makes memes about because it looks so bad. Kid's face floating. Uh, Heimdall's son, when he does, like, the visions and it's just his head. It looks terrible. It looks so bad. Black Panther was okay. I mean, the scenes of... The suit, the girl in the suit. Looked terrible. (laughs) And, like, the underwater worlds looked really cool, but that was brief and really dark. But we saw that movie before Avatar The Way of Water. I could go back and be like, this is nothing. The underwater filming Avatar The Way of Water looks great, whereas in Black Panther, it's all just kind of dark. Yeah, (laughs) like, they hide their bad CGI with lighting. And, like, this, like, if you're going to choose to make it in this unique world, you better hope James Cameron ain't dropping a banger right before you. Yeah. Because it just makes your movie stand out like a sore thumb. I finished on a four. (laughs) See, I feel like in comparison, yes, I could go that low, but I feel like... I still feel like I have to give it a seven or eight, like in that realm. Just I look, I guess, but like they made the choice to have the movie take place in this setting and create the world that looks this way, and all of it looks bad. Like the moving buildings look stupid and bad, and like all of the different like there's a couple of okay looking aliens, but like they don't look good. Yeah, and the whole world and every like non animated character looks so out of place, and everything looks so fake. No. It's bad. It's really, really bad. And like the the king's king's like city that he built and everything. Mm-hmm. There's Star Wars stuff that came out in like freaking sixties that has better like big you know cities like that and and space type stuff like that that looks so much better. That came out eighty not eighty years ago. Oh my god, <laughs> long time ago. Almost sixty. Almost sixty, 60 so. years ago, and it looks better than this. Whatever. Yeah. Like it, if you're gonna choose to do that. I'm going to shit on you when it looks bad because you didn't have to do it this way. You could have told a different story. Top Gun did get a 20 for visuals, by the way. Good. It should. Um, 
And they could do it. See, they've done. So I gave Doctor Strange 2 higher than I probably should have visual cinematography. Part of that was I don't remember any egregious CGI with Doctor Strange. And they did some weird stuff. They did the whole creatures in the beginning where they're running from the freaking evil creature. And that looked more at least. It looks okay. And they fight the creature in New York. Like it's. The yeah. third the third eye post credit scene. Awful. So bad. <laughs> well, they don't have as much of a budget for post credit scenes. Got it. That's <laughs> what everyone comes to these movies for at this point. You should put most of the budget there. Wow, Ty. Um, but I also gave it high because of the whole Sam Raimi horror thing that they leaned into. Yeah. Um, this can be done well. I think of Loki, and I think of the scene on them that purple planet where the planet was literally like blowing up it or whatever so it was. So cool! Um, that was back before their teams were overworked, because they were they, like the report came out that they took like half of this VFX team halfway through the project and put them on Wakanda forever, and they oh, just geez. didn't have the people to work on this movie, the movie that is entirely CG. It really is. <laughs> it really is entirely CG. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's not a great indictment. Um, especially when you think of things like the She-Hulk CGI. And so bad. Here, Maybe they're just producing too much content. They are. That's across the board. I mean, we'll talk about it. It's just every aspect of this universe is being stretched too thin. And it's going to simmer out and become the DC. Like, no one's going to care about these. Because everything's being stretched thin. The story's they're still making money, though. That's all they care about. I mean, is this making a bunch of money compared, like, Marvel-wise? I'm not sure. It's only been out for one weekend. Holiday weekend, though. It has made, I got you right here, Ty, 200. It's made a quarter bill worldwide. That's insane. 127 domestic, 129 international. And I'm pretty sure I can look at. There's like different things you could look at, and I'm I'm not gonna find it right now, but I will find it as we're talking about this. Um. Anyways, yeah, the CGI is not great. Horrible radio here by me, but it's like it, it's just it's disheartening. Let's get into characters, Ty, because this was a film that was meant to, you know, make bring King the Conqueror, just King, into the the fold. Yeah, and you know he was highly anticipated. He was literally talked about. Like, you know, he, they kept, like, you know, like you said, not wanting to say his name. Um, Victoria had a great point as a Volder, uh, like Harry Potter vibes there. Like he who can't be named, despite the fact that we all know who it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, they, they were just building it up. Maybe they shouldn't have put him in the trailer then. Um, but that was the whole reason he was in this was for this. Look, Jonathan Majors is very good at acting. Yeah. Um, he was great as he who remains. And I thought he was actually very good in this. Like very good. Mm -hmm. Like there's some character flaws, maybe not flaws, but just some lack of development because it's an Ant-Man movie. That shouldn't be an Ant-Man movie. (laughs) Um, but in terms of performance and just everything, like I thought he knocked it out of the park. I was very happy and it at least made me excited about the future of, the MCU with him being the main villain for the next two phases and playing different versions of himself. Made me excited for Creed 3. Yes, I'm very excited for Creed 3. <laughs> um, Jonathan Majors is very, very good. Um, I thought everyone, it seems like you were a little more upset with them. I thought everyone in their family was, what's the word I'm looking for? I said it earlier, inoffensive. Hmm. Like, they weren't good, but I don't think they were 
outright like terrible. Some of the lines like in the beginning when um Cassie Lang was like in jail and they're in the car and stuff, some of like the cuts in the line delivery like wasn't great. I I recognize that, but I don't think the acting was offensive. Um I'm noted notably not a Bill Murray guy. 100%. Um, you hate Bill Murray. Think he's overrated. Yeah. Have yet to seen a film in uh, one of his films that I think he's like actually good in. Um ouch. I haven't seen Caddyshack. I haven't seen all that. Whatever. People are going to point those out. I have tried to watch Groundhog Day. How was he? Turned it off. I was bored. Oh. Um, it's too repetitive. <laughs> and once again, made the whole Cubs World Series run about himself, which I just I, don't. I hate more than anything. Ridiculous hill to die on. You know how mad I'd be if Rob Lowe made the 2020 series about him, World Series about him, just because he was a Dodger fan? I don't even know if he's a Dodger fan. He seems like, seems like a Dodger fan. He's not I don't, a guy. I don't trust Rob Lowe as a fan of anything after rocking the NFL logo hat. <laughs> You can't be a diehard fan of anything when you just support a organization. What's a different sport? Like a, I don't care. <laughs> no, I don't care. That makes me dis... Like, I don't trust you in all the other sports after that. Look, he was completely unnecessary in this. I said mm-hmm. that. And his performance itself, like, he was just Bill Murray. That's all he ever is in any of his roles, at least as an old guy. He's just like, oh, Bill Murray. John C. Riley had a better performance than this. That's like the and Mount what? Rushmore. That's like a, a short-form content idea for us. And Guardians? Yeah. Just like the most out of place actors in the MCU, yeah. John C. Riley's up there, and so is Bill Murray. Hundred percent. I'm not saying the performance is necessarily bad, re John C. Riley, but just out of place. Um, and Paul Rudd. <sighs> Why is Paul Rudd so beloved? Can you break it down for me, Ty? Because he's a he's an angel. He's gorgeous. He doesn't age. He's just the kindest, sweetest man ever. He's funny. He's charming. You're gonna you're gonna slander Paul Rudd, and I just think the entire world is going to hate you because of it. But you go ahead and do that, because there's not a single person on the face of the earth who has one bad thing to say about this man, except for possibly you in the next 15 seconds. Look, I, I, I he's not bad. <laughs> he's kind of like Ryan like Reynolds for me. I like that backpedal. No, there. he's kind of like Ryan Reynolds for me. He's a rom com guy who kind of has his lane. And now kind of does his lane. You ever seen This Is 40? A long time ago. Very funny in that movie. Good movie. But, like, I just think of his recent works. Because he's a big guy now. A big Hollywood actor. I think of, like, Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> and okay. I think of... That was a paycheck. I <laughs> the, I feel like he's at the point of his career, though, which I'm getting at, where he's at the paychecks. And that's fine. I would do the same thing. He's wonderful in Anchorman. That was t- 10 years ago, Inkman 2. That's probably the most acting he's ever done. Not just being oh, Paul I Rudd. Mean. <laughs> Come on now, Jay. I feel like he's just Paul Rudd. I don't know. I, it's not that I'm against Paul Rudd. I'm against Paul Rudd in the MCU. He's just out of place. I don't like these mega superstars coming in the MCU already getting big paychecks. I like these underdogs that start in the MCU and have to earn it. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr., he had to revive his career. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson also had a bad solo movie. Surprise, surprise, because she's an A-lister already before this. Okay. they just If you're an A-lister, you can't rock a solo movie? Liam Hemsworth. He, he built himself up. Whatever Hemsworth it is. Liam's built himself up. Miley Cyrus wrote a song about. Samuel L. Jackson. He's just a side character. It's fine. Tom Holland literally started in the MCU. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't know. Not what? big in the States. Doctor Who? Not big in the States. That's all I know. Yeah. Real British. Real British. Mark Ruffalo? 
replacement. <sighs> yeah. Can't count that one at all. Okay. <laughs> so we think about all the... It just can't be an A-lister. I'm sorry. I'm over it. Mm. I'm over it. We got freaking Bill Murray. Unless you're Owen Wilson. All out if you're Owen Wilson. Yeah, Owen Wilson. Great <laughs> introduction into the MCU. <laughs> just completely destroys your theory. <laughs> He's in a TV show. That's why. I, he was in this movie. All that to say, I didn't really like Paul Rudd in this. Um, but Jonathan Majors alone carries this to a 12 for me. <laughs> yeah, I... I I don't ever want to see Michelle's Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer's character in anything ever again. Or her, for that matter. Like, I just don't care wow. for Was her. in something we, like, just watched? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I just watched, but continue. I don't really... Avengers Endgame. Murder on the Orient Express. We didn't watch that one. She's no. in it. I hope she gets killed. In that movie. <laughs> I just, I hated that character. That character's um, the egregious acting for me. I'm actually going to put it in uh, the absurd. It stuck out like a sore thumb for me. Ant-Man 3. What are you talking about here? You can't, you're confusing me. Uh, the absurd movie scenes uh, list that I started, including the oh. goodbye message by the daughter in plane. Oh, you have one for this. It's just her constantly oh, gen- saying. Her in general. It's just her constantly saying she can't tell everyone about what happened in the quantum realm. Okay, I'm fine with that. It's ridiculous. It's so stupid. I'm fine with that. Um, that can be on our end of year. Uh, can I also make a late um, nomination to this? Please, please. That do. I think we forgot to add. Please do. Um, the argument scene in You People where they just instantly stop arguing <laughs> right five seconds after. I feel like that's a good nominee. <laughs> that's a great nominee. Um, and I'm still jealous about it. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I have now three. We're just ridiculous. Um, but what's the old man's name? What's that Bill guy's Murray. name? Not that old man. The other old man. <laughs> Not the old man who's Michael Douglas. Yeah, Michael Douglas. He doesn't need to be in these anymore. He's played his role. He wasn't even really in this one. He was just kind of sitting at the table while Michelle Pfeiffer implied that she fucked Bill Murray. Yeah, what was up with that? I was just like, that- yeah, sorry. We boned. Bill Murray's just like, yeah, good times. Okay, yeah, no. Th- you just made me hate this movie even more. It's ridiculous. I forgot. Like, my brain wiped that whole yeah. five-minute subplot of her having, I guess not an affair, but whatever, having a romantic relationship with Bill Murray, and it's, like, heavily leaned into it, and that's just it. Yeah. And then the, the husband comes back with, like, oh, I went to dinner once. What was wrong? Oh, she wasn't you. And then it's just completely dropped. Yeah. And what even was Bill Murray? He was like, they were like, oh, he's now Lord Farquaad, whatever his stupid name was. <laughs> it was weird. He was, like, he was like the president of something, but, like, very obviously not in control of shit because Kang is. And he, like, was the leader of a rebel group and then was like, oh, he can be very convincing. <laughs> That's all we get. Do you think Kang would have the leader of the rebel group? Like, come over to his side. He would just kill him. Yeah, you'd just be dead, dog. He what, doesn't care. What'd you think of Kang, though, Ty? Let's talk about the good. What'd you give it first and foremost? First and foremost, I gave it an 11. One point okay. lower than you because of Michelle Pfeiffer and her <laughs> character. Uh, I'm right there with you. Jonathan Majors is so good. He's so good in Loki, and it just continues. The scene where dog shit Michelle Pfeiffer finds out uh, about his intentions and he's, like, trying to convince her to still come with him, and he gets, like, he goes from that calm, collected character to you see him, like, I will do anything to get what I want. Mm-hmm. And that slow twist of, like, that, such a good performance. Yeah. He's so good. He's terrifying as a villain. 
it works so well. Jonathan Majors is probably my favorite new actor in Hollywood that like I just learned about. Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen a lot of, but I'm at the point now where if he's in something, I want to watch it because he's so fucking good. He's, I mean, next five years, he's winning an Oscar. Yeah. I can't, I don't see a world where he doesn't because he's blowing up. He's going to get a big, big movie, be the A-lister of a big, you know, the star of that big movie and it's going to get all the buzz and he's going to win an Oscar for something because he's incredible. Creed 3? Just kidding. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't, he could be wonderful in that. I've heard that that movie's really good. He's going to be in a film later in 2023, uh, Magazine Dreams. Hmm. Okay. He's just going to keep rising because he's doing all of these big projects and, like, big, uh, you know, MCU, Creed, like, iconic things that are going to get eyes on him, and he's giving such good performances in them. He's just he's gonna become a household name very quickly. Magazine Dreams uh came out January twenty twenty three at Sundance. I don't know when it's coming out. Besides that, it's got an eighty six percent Rotten Tomatoes okay. with people citing his great performance. He's so. also been in a it's like a plane movie, Devotion. Well, I know his bit first big movie was uh like that put him on the map was uh the last black man in San Francisco. Uh Riley had told me how her cousin Junior, who works in the movie theaters, actually predicted he would break out after seeing that film that he called her and was like jonathan majors is gonna break out who who is that junior is junior just like lebron james like i watched that movie and i told him man this guy he's gonna be a star one day (laughs) well that was kind of like how he said that john that jonathan majors he's gonna star in the mcu and he's gonna make millions of dollars no she said back then he's he said he was gonna blow up so um I did kind of push back a little bit, and then she tried calling Junior, and I was like, it's fine. You don't have to call him, and then she kind of got mad at me. That's funny. Um, yeah, also starred in Devotion with Glenn Powell, who was a uh, hangman in Top Gun Maverick. He looks like he's playing the same character. Is this he's a spinoff just, it, of the Top Gun Maverick franchise? Back-to-back plane movies for him, and I respect the fuck out of him. He's like, I like being in the sky. If you got more jobs for me up there, keep hiring me. 81% on Rotten Tomatoes right now for that movie. Also includes Joe Jonas. Wow. I'm going to go watch it just because Jonathan Majors, because he's wonderful. He does carry this movie. Um, Paul Rudd's fine. He's Ant-Man. He's funny. He's charming. He doesn't add anything because of terrible lines and whatnot. And mm. There's really not any emotional moments where I care about his performance. But he's just, I, I mean, I guess you kind of want more out of the main character. But yeah, for me, I, I again, this isn't supposed to be an Ant-Man movie. This is a, supposed to be a Fantastic Four and Kang movie. And I just cared about Kang. Yeah, Jonathan Majors described the um, character as no movement wasted, and I think that was a um, yeah like perfect way, like just Good the call. way everything he did, slight subtle movements, whether he's freaking torturing with the technology. I still don't really understand how he like literally had the force, like Darth Vader again, going back to Star Wars. Um, <laughs> super cool though. I don't care. It's a superhero movie. No, that, I know. That part I'm not too worried about. I know. I'm just saying I didn't understand it. Maybe I would like instead of. Bill Murray, maybe explaining how that works. Yeah, give I me that give me something use. of him in the future. Yeah, before he crashes. Show me, it. show me him killing Bill Murray. Oh, that should have been Bill Murray's purpose in this film yeah. to die by King. Bill Murray helps out. Yeah, because then there's at least a reason why him having a love relationship with Michelle Pfeiffer makes sense. Because oh, mm. he's with King, but then he one last time. Uh, what's the word? Um, stabs him in the back. What, what's the word I'm looking for? 
He rallies the troops. No, when he stabs Kang in the back. What's the word when you... Betrayal. Betrays. He betrays Kang for Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. because they loved each other. Yeah. And then Kang just murders him, like rips his head off. I've been sick. We didn't get to see Kang kill anyone. You, this just, is- you wanted to see Loki and Thanos in Infinity War. You wanted to see him betray and then just get his, nap sna- his neck snapped. Well, his here's the thing, Ty. I can't talk sometimes. Here, here's the thing. Second movie, not second movie in a row. Second movie in the last three in a row. <laughs> where you build up this villain that's supposed to be like this crazy badass. And you have Gore the God Butcher who doesn't butcher any gods. No, ter- well, I mean, off screen, I guess. And you have Kang who... Meets. Literally, have I killed you before? Are you Thor? Gets his ass beat by a human in a fight, fist fight. How about uh, when he tells Modok to go kill Cassie? And Modok's supposed to be like this machine that kills no matter what. Yeah, totally could have killed her like eight different times in that final. Like you, you get the intro scene of him coming down the hallway and shooting all the the whatever resistance, and then he sees Cassie and stops shooting and lets her run away, and then starts shooting again. Mm-hmm. Like no, he just for come blazing and. Um, only designed for killing, I think is what the acronym machine only yeah. designed. Machine, machine only organism. designed for killing. Yeah. Yeah, only mechanized design. organism only. Mechanized organism something. Mechanized organism. organism designed only for killing. Yeah. Left out the F there for the name. For someone designed only for killing, did very little killing. Yeah. Did a lot more of other things just besides killing. <laughs> did more sacrificing than killing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Um, Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumanium, third highest President's Day opening ever, by the way. That's, what are the other two? Because for MCU should always have the highest. And this is only domestic. Um, Black Panther and Deadpool. <laughs> okay, so we're good. <laughs> uh, it's ahead of Fifty Shades of Grey, Sonic the Hedgehog, Ghost Rider number seven. Uncharted, so to compare. Ghost, Ghost Rider. Number, oh, number seven, seven on the list. Okay. Yes. Um, to compare to last year's President's Day Open, Uncharted, $51 million. Ant-Man and the Wasp did almost three times that much. So We're a little bit more removed from, from COVID. I'm only giving them double credit. They only showed it in 70 more theaters than Uncharted did. But I guess you're right. People still being a little, yeah. a little anxious. Timid on COVID. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Enjoyment, Ty. I feel like my enjoyment of this film has gone down as I've talked about it, but I'm not going to let that weigh too heavily because I still came out of the theaters when I'm not thinking about it in like a super analytical way. I didn't hate it as much. Like if I were doing it in the analytical way, I would give it lower than I did. And it still went down from the time we started this podcast. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to do that too much. It's still an MCU popcorn movie, whatever. I landed at an 11 for enjoyment. Yeah. This always feels like the category that kind of contradicts everything we talk about <laughs> in the four categories before it sometimes. Because this is just the dumb brain category. Like, everything yeah. else is smart brain, how the camera shot's designed, and the character arcs, and this is just, like, movie fun. But on the contrary, we have movies where it's like, this is so amazingly yeah. done. I was kind of bored. <laughs> movie boring. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a dumb brain category. But that's why our scale's perfect. It, it helps balance everything out, man. Everyone is accounted for. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is accounted for here. Um, I'm with you. I left the theater and I told Victoria, that was kind of fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It was a fun watch. I laughed. It was dumb action. Will I be going back and, and raving over it? No. Yeah, I don't am know I, if I ever rewatch this. Am I telling people, like, yeah, it's, it's good. I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's whatever. I give it a 12. 
All right. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I had a good time. I wasn't bored. It was worth going and seeing an MCU movie. Um, I will say, opening credits rolled. We get the MCU uh, sound opening. It just doesn't hit like it bro, used to. Bro, bro, Ty, we're connected tonight, bro. It just bro. doesn't hit like it, it used to. That was literally the next thought in my head. I, I, I will never forget the chi- like literal chills oh my God. Oh, watching Infinity War. And that opening fucking MCU shit plays. And I'm like, this is fucking happening right now. Ty, you're connected to me tonight, yeah. brother. I literally told Rye, the Marvel music played, and I told her, I was like, I just realized something. And she's like, what? I was like, it's kind of about myself. I'll tell you after. She never asked after. <laughs> okay. I'm asking how much now, she cares okay. about me. That's something I realized was that, like, the intro doesn't hit the same. It doesn't. It's just another intro now. Because, like, the intro played, and, like, it was the weirdest thing, Ty. It was, like, for a split <laughs> second, I was snapped back into, like, Infinity War hype. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was, like, snapped into it, and I was like, wait, wait. What was that feeling I just felt? Like, I don't feel that way anymore about this. And then yeah. it, it brought me back to that feeling. And I was like, it just doesn't hit the same anymore. Now, granted, not every Marvel movie had that same super hype that Infinity War had, I guess. But you're right. It's just there's a difference. And you look at it, and we have J. Quick Math 42 minus 19. 23? We have had 23 projects since Infinity War. In 2018. That's crazy. And that's just... Again, that's more than before Infinity War. Infinity War was the 19th movie. Anything. No shows. No shows, know? yeah. So it was the 19th. Wow. And we are now up to 42. And I'll never forget that feeling, man. I remember exactly where we were in the theater. We were like up probably a little farther back than medium, sitting on the left-hand side, kind of. Yep. yep. And I just remember that feeling. And it like, ooh, Mm-hmm. And I just miss it. Yeah. I miss loving this franchise because they're doing too much. Yeah. Victoria, I always have this conversation with her because when it hits like September 15th, she wants to put up the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And I and it's just one of those things like Christmas don't hit the same when it's always Christmas. If you do too much Christmas, it takes away the special magic thing that is Christmas. Yeah. Marvel is doing that. You're doing too much Marvel. It takes away that special magic thing that is Marvel. Yeah. Really bums me out, man. <laughs> well, the whole appeal of Marvel in these connected worlds was that it was connected and building up to this moment. And I I, I feel like I might have said it on the pod. Maybe I've said it just in conversation. Maybe I've just thought it. But I'm 95% sure I've asked you or told you, like, Ty, there's a good chance that was, like, our, our cinematic peak. Like, we've talked about Pixar peaking. We've talked about Marvel peaking, which more and more it looks like they did. <laughs> But just in terms of movie-going experience, I'm not sure what can make me peak more than Infinity War. Because, like, in theory, these new projects... Like, there's there's one obvious answer, and it's the X-Men. It's if they do, like, an X-Men versus Avengers. But, like, Avengers has lost its luster. It's just not the same. Yeah. Like, it, it's not the original people, which is always going to be a problem. It's like old wrestlers. There's a new wrestling generation. You're just... The new generation's never going to hit the That's same comp. as your generation. But, like, it's still, it's not done as well. And even when they initially do the X-Men, it's like, am I sure they're even going to do this right? Or are they just going to flood us with seven TV shows in a two-year span? And it's, like, hard to keep up, and it's not good, and it's this and it's that. And it's, like, it, it's, it's, it has lost its luster a little bit. And, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever feel that way again. Anchorman 2, Avengers Endgame, and Infinity War, both of them. And Avengers 1. 
Those are the four, like, oh, my God, this is happening. I don't know if I'm ever going to have that again. I guess. Sucks. But then again, I don't know, because they did it with Spider-Man No Way Home. We're forgetting about Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home, awesome. So much fun. But even then, like, you're relying. I had the hype. It it was awesome, and it was great, but you're relying so much on the old stuff. It seems like they can't create that anymore. Yeah. Like, their hype was, we're bringing in someone who starred in this franchise in 2002. They're They're using other people's goodwill. It's like wrestling. When the wrestling goes through the bad phases, yeah. they just bring back all the old people. You got John Cena at WrestleMania, and it's going to pop. They got new stars now, though, Ty. WWE's been on fire. Roman Reigns. Yeah, but Sami Zayn? No, I haven't. Maybe. Maybe. Bought him for the title? How'd that go? It was at Elimination Chamber in Montreal, Sami Zayn's hometown. Oh. oh. Hottest I've seen a crowd in a long time. Decade plus. That's fun. It was ex- it, I rewatched it. Yeah. Drove home from Laughlin. Was watching it while I was driving. It was great. It's a good time. <laughs> awesome but that's that's how it feels it feels like we're just i don't know maybe this is going to open the door for dc to kind of come in and i don't know um i i just looking at marvel and the way that they did it it's you start with phase three and they just like didn't miss to start phase three so like the three-year stretch from like i i guess it was a heat check we'll go civil war yeah awesome Doctor Strange, awesome. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, awesome. Spider-Man Homecoming. Awesome compared to these movies. Guardians 2. Yeah, well, yeah. it's fine. It's still a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Homecoming, awesome. They revived the Thor franchise with Ragnarok. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Black Panther, the biggest domestic movie ever. Just this new character, fucking incredible. And then awesome. You, it, you didn't say awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then you rip off Infinity War, and it's like, holy shit. And then we get Captain, uh, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel, and we forget about those, and then we jump to Endgame, and it's like, this is incredible! And then we get Far From Home, which is, it's good. Yeah. You know, it's fine. WandaVision, awesome. Awesome! <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier, not not awesome. Yeah. Loki, awesome. Yeah. Black Widow, eh. What If, eh. Shang-Chi, awesome. Yeah. This is one good thing that I feel like they've done. Eternals. It's the uh, only thing that's not trying to call back on freaking either the old stuff or these recurring sequels and everything. Yeah. Just you know? paving its own lane. Is it the only original? No, uh, Internals, but that's... Uh, which you like. Divisive. Maybe. Kind of awesome. <laughs> Hawkeye. Okay. Like, eh. Very forgettable. Don't care about it. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Used other shit. It was awesome. I'm going to say awesome, though. <laughs> Moon Knight. Disappointment. Wow. I, I wish it would have been better. It was yeah. okay. I wish it would have been better. Yep. Doctor Strange, wish it would have been better. Miss Marvel, dog shit. Love and Thunder, I've soured on it, dog shit. I know, I've soured on it too. I Am Groot, didn't watch. She-Hulk, dog shit. Werewolf by Night, apparently very good, not connected. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It was, it was good, probably a little disappointing. Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. They're still killing it. <laughs> that was wonderful. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, Jay. I just don't no. know. I don't know. It's like Pixar. It might have peaked. Um, I gave it a 47 out of 100, by the way. Okay. That's a real low score. Yeah, and I think you're lower. Yeah, I'm at a 42 Jackie Robinson. Wow. Um, giving us a final score of... 42nd Project. In yeah. The, in the MCU, you gave a 42. Maybe we're just going to keep going up from here. <laughs> um, final score, 44.5 out of 100, making it the 148th... 48th... 8... 
848th ranked film out of 170 movies on our scale. Oh, that's a gross, that's a gross movies to be sandwiched between Bliss and Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, not great. Oof. Reminiscent, super intelligent. That's a bad grouping. That is a really bad grouping. It's a bad movie. I think that's the highest rated movies where it's just a block of terrible movies. Sure. <laughs> sure. I don't know what. Like, if you could jump to the bottom, like, obviously these are bad. But as you scroll up, that that's a group of movies that are all terrible. But you got to scroll up to get to them. Well, let me tell you why, Ty. Because 39 and a half is where we draw the line. So these movies are teetering on drawing the line and not seeing them at all. Yeah. They're so, almost drawing the line. Like, they're bad movies. Yes. People forget. They're below the line. But we don't quite draw the line yet. No. But they're bad. I Well, I'd, let's draw the line. 35? 39 and a half. 39, yeah, I drew the line on Bliss. I'm not going to. That's a terrible fucking film. Yeah, 56. Disgusting. Yeah, this is a bummer. I'm just like looking forward on the MCU, other other projects. Like, I don't feel as excited. I have no confidence. I'm excited. Okay, so post credit scene. Obviously, we get the the King uh, Dynasty, whatever it's called, Council of Kings. Yeah, which is badass. Like, I'm I'm stoked they're going to do that, and I'm stoked to see Jonathan Majors playing all these different versions. And then we get a Loki tease with yeah. him being the uh, Victor something. Um, which is fun. That's exciting. Love that. Love seeing them continuing that story with Owen Wilson and Loki. That is the one thing I still have confidence in. Because it's a series and they're taking their time. Even with their other series, though, they su- it's, it fucking sucks. Stop making so much stuff. So, I th- my prediction now, we don't have to dive too, too much into it. My prediction, I think we're going to see Tom Holland again because I think he's going to be in one of the the movies because we have two Avengers. We have Avengers the Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars or yep. whatever it's called. Yep. Avengers Kang Dynasty is literally going to be, I think, them versus all of the Kangs, which I'm not sure how I feel about because it's like you're building up this one titular King to be a badass and you kill him right away. He who remains a little bit different. You kind of let him let him kill him. Yeah. You know, I don't know, though. I feel like I feel like the route they might go with King Dynasty is it's they seem afraid of this king. They yeah. exiled this king. I think this king kills them. You think he comes back? You think he's not done? Oh, no fucking chance he's done. No okay. chance he's done. Because okay. it wasn't, they didn't get murdered. He didn't get killed. He got killed. stuck in a vortex. He got blipped away. In a, it, it's a vortex because they threw a small and a big one on him. So he's in a vortex. Okay. Yeah. Sure. He's not done. We're seeing that version of him a million percent. Okay. so you, I think we see that version of him at the end of season two of Loki. You think so? Yeah. I do. Okay. That's my prediction. Um, we'll see what they do. I'm excited, I guess, to see Jonathan Majors. But besides that, I don't know. And it, it's, they're trying to tie in all these movies. And I guess it's making a little bit more sense with the incursions and everything and Doctor Strange. But it's still like a little like, we still don't know what the the Ten Rings, what that signal was. Yeah. Is the signal king in the vortex? I, Is that now the signal we're getting? I don't get it. Um, like they set that up and I really thought it would tie into this and King, and it's just still left open. And like, Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, and there wasn't all times where all the Phase 1, 2, and 3 MCU movies tied into Thanos directly. But, like, I, it all made sense in the end. So maybe it'll all make sense in the end. But it's still, like, you are you're, have all these different branches, and it's kind of hard to see them connected, and they're doing a lot. So we'll see. What is the next MCU film? It's Guardians, right? Three. Which so we have... doesn't seem like it's going to be part of this bigger narrative. I think Guardians 3 is almost 
so isolated it feels like i feel like it's the end of guardians yeah like guardians has always been kind of separate they kind of just brought them in you know what i mean if, um, if there was ever a movie marvel movie did not have a post-credit scene it feels like guardians 3 yeah i think this is it like i i think chris pratt's done yeah um i think i think most of them are done i think maybe they keep chris pratt on the payroll to bring him back for a team up you know, just no, like a quick I, show up. But. I think the franchise and everything's done. I don't think he's going to be starring in any of the projects. I think he shows up down the line. Yeah. I, I think Drax is done. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if Rocket dies, but, like, they're obviously writing all these people off. So, yeah. After, like, so that might not tie into the, the bigger scheme of things. Um, I got the I got the docket. Yeah, in front what's of me. next? What's so, that? we have Secret Invasion in the spring of 2023, technically listed before Guardians. That's soon. Which... I, What's even the thing with that? They were teasing that like it was going to be this big old thing. Now it's just like, I whatever. Think that sets up and ties into Secret Wars. Okay. The other Avengers movie. So they have that going on while also, which just, a, I don't know if they all go together or if it's like two separate stories they're trying to tell. We'll see. It's weird. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which again, feels very isolated. Yeah. We then get the Marvels with Captain Marvel. Who knows how it ties in? I'm sure they'll find a way, I guess, but yeah. it'll probably more tie into that secret invasion storyline than the king. Yeah, yeah. Um, we then get Echo. I, That's a movie or a show? It's a show. Okay. I don't care about that character. You guys are doing too much. Like, this is the stuff where if you have to start trimming stuff back, get rid of it to take time and make the other projects better. Yeah. Like, I don't care about this. This isn't going to do a lot of, like, that character was okay in an okay show. Yeah. Um, Loki season two, mm. fully cool with that. That seems like it ties in and is very direct to the big overarching story. Ironheart. I like that character. I don't care about it. Get rid of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, it's just like, it, it was a fine side character, but if you're cutting the fat, like this is the problem is they're doing characters like this. They don't want to cut the fat they're, That's part of the young Avengers initiative. So, which is like down the line. That's like phase eight. Yeah. Keep making the Young Avenger side characters like Cassie very obviously getting a suit in this. Young Avenger, yeah, we didn't even talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Very much a Young Avenger. Um do like she that's all we needed was what was in Wakanda Forever and tell a team up movie. Like I am sorry. Agatha Coven I'm of Okay with a series. I'm okay with it. Agatha Coven of Chaos. Get rid of it. No idea what that's gonna be. I probably not tie in, probably like a flashback type thing. One off, get rid of it. Don't care. Jeez, Ty, you're just telling them get rid of things. Yeah, they're making too much shit, and it's everything sucks because of it. <laughs> uh, Daredevil, born again. You got the rights, make it. <laughs> oh, oh it's, well, you're... that's gonna be the one that like it financially is gonna be worth it. Okay, that's gonna keep subscribers. Like, I'm sure it'll be fun. I don't think it ties into jack shit. No. Um, Captain America, New World Order. <sighs> the show just sucked, man. Yeah. I hope it's good, but the show just sucked. Yeah. And then literally, the, just like that show branched off into these two movies, Thunderbolts. <laughs> Which, yeah. I just, I don't Yay, know, we're man. making another Suicide Squad. Yeah, Blade 2024. That seems like a whole different even category. That feels like it's like the Eternals and like the... the that feels unrelated to the main story. Yeah. It does. I, I hope it's good. It feels unrelated. This article has Deadpool 3 slated for November 8th, 2024. I think that instantly got pushed back. Yeah, I don't know if that's still accurate. And then Fantastic Four starting Phase 6, right before King Dynasty 
And then a year later, Secret Wars, um, TBA unreleased is Shang-Chi 2. I feel like we get that in between the two Avengers movies. Yeah, probably. That feels like they throw some stuff in that year. <sighs> I don't know. It's it's not looking promising. Blows um, me out. Wrap up the podcast here. Best picture. I just want to update you on the Oscar betting odds. I don't remember what it was last week, but Top Gun's at a 10 to 1. Oh, it's going back down. Fourth favorite right now. Behind what? Everything, Banshees. All Quiet on the Western Front. All Quiet jumped it because it just won the BAFTA. Um, I want to sprinkle maybe some money on Austin Butler to win Best Actor. He's plus 120. He's the second favorite behind Brendan Fraser. Austin Butler's been like winning everything, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Don't like him. I don't know enough about him to not I've like I've never him. seen it. I just know the fact that he's pretending he doesn't have an Elvis accent. <laughs> and it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I don't know if I said this last week, but Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is a minus 2,500 favorite. Yeah, incredible. There was another. I was looking. Oh, gosh. Just heavy, heavy, heavy favorite. Avatar Way of Water visual effects, minus 40, minus 4,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> one to four, or 40 to one. One to 40. Oh, it is one to 40, huh? Oh, here it was. Best value bet tie. I might sprinkle this in as a uh, as a birth present to Xander. Okay. <laughs> Best original song. I don't even remember this song, but Hold My Hand, Top Gun Maverick, is hold the my hand, hold my hand. It's the third. It's Not Too Not Too from RRR, which I haven't heard, minus 333. Oh, I've actually heard stuff that that's the wrong song. They should have done a different song. A lot of people are saying that it isn't the song that they should have used. Lift Me Up, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, plus 300, which I think the Super Bowl kind of helps that. But hold my hand, Top Gun Maverick. That just feels like a, we want Top Gun to win something. Let's give him best song. Isn't Lady Gaga a former Oscar winner too? I think so. Let's see here. Best original song in 2019. It's it's not giving me, it's not giving it to me. That feels like a good value bet. I'm just looking for value bets. Shallow. Fuck yeah. I might actually play some wagers. Steven Spielberg for best director is plus 333 behind um, the two Daniels who are heavy favorites from everything everywhere. They're both named Daniel? Yeah, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Scheinert? Yeah. They deserve to win that. That movie's so well directed. Best supporting actress is a weird one. Angela Bassett's the heavy favorite, but I don't really like anyone else. Who's the? There's one other option. I know the girl there's from the girl Banshees, from Banshees is the just second. Won. She just won BAFTA. That's why. And it's the two everything everywhere all at once. Jamie Lee Curtis, who shouldn't be there, and then uh, Stephanie Sue, who I thought was fantastic, and I would put her way above. And then um, Hong Chow from The Whale, which I have not seen that film yet. Okay. Um. There was another one. Where was I? Kehi Kwan, Everything Everywhere's heavy favorite. Best adapted. Oh, best adapted. All Quiet on the Western Front is the second at plus one fifty. That just feels like it would be. What's favorite? Women talking, which I haven't heard of, so that's why I was like, oh, maybe that's good odds. Okay. Um. Yeah. Best actress. I still like Michelle Williams, but she's the fourth favorite. Probably not going to win. Isn't Kate Blanchett for Tar heavy yeah. favorite? Yeah. yeah. Haven't seen it. Can't comment. Michelle Williams. Won I have a feeling, Ty. I have a feeling Banshees is going to win. I think I want to put a wager. I don't know if my if I can put a wager. But I think I want to put a wager on Banshees. That movie stunk. 
I know, but all like the critics people that like I just feel like they're all over that movie. I don't know, that feels like Power of the Dog, Jay. We just went through yeah, this last year yeah. where it was the heavy favorite, and then it just it just got shut out basically. I don't know. Don't forget about last year. I don't know. I just feel like everything everywhere is getting too much praise. Which that movie made like a hundred million dollars. I wonder what like the top grossing. I'm sure I could look it up right now. That'll be a podcast conversation for the Oscars when it actually happens and we recap it. Top grossing best picture winner ever because everything everywhere is probably up there. Probably Lord of the Rings is one of them. Star Wars. Star Wars win? Adjusted for inflation. Episode. We ain't adjusted for inflation. I don't know. What? We ain't adjusting for inflation. Random Rotten Tomatoes movie. Fuck that Star Wars audience score, Tyler. Um, it won. I'm just waiting for you. Best picture, 1978. Best random Rotten Tomatoes audience <laughs> score, Ty. So this film obviously had a horrible head, Modoc. That reminds us of George yeah. Lopez from Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Okay, so I went over to Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Just checked out the cast a little bit. You know who's in that cast? Shark Boy and Lava Girl. It was the. David Arquette. Okay. Played their father. Who? David Arquette. Why do I know that name? I know that name because David Arquette. Is he he an American Idol? Maybe. David Arquette, though, going back to wrestling, uh, won the WCW World Heavyweight Championship in like 2000. It was like a lot of people say it was the death nail of WCW as a company because they gave it to an actor. WCW? Yes. It was a separate company back in the late 90s. No, I know who they are. Yeah, he won their their championship. Oh, that's their top championship. We say that, but I feel like that one, the one Paul brother, he's probably got a chance. He ain't right? gonna win it. No, he ain't gonna win it. Uh, I he's think actually he, good at wrestling. He, no, actually he looks, wrestles. He, he did that. There was one thing during the Royal Rumble where they yeah. jumped off the ropes and like fucking clotheslined each other. Yeah, that was. I was. I watched incredible. that live. That was the coolest thing I've seen in wrestling in a long time. Elimination since like chamber. fucking one of the Hardy brothers jumping off like the scoreboard. There were some crazy ones in Elimination Chamber this last weekend. Um, one guy I thought was going to break his neck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was very close to breaking his neck. Okay. Anyways, David Arquette wrestling WCW. That brought me to the film The Wrestler, the 2008 oh, film. Mickey Rourke. With Mickey Rourke, yes. Okay. Marissa Tomei, also in that. Could have very well connected this Mickey Rourke, Marissa Tomei, MCU actors. Mickey Rourke, Iron Man 2? Yeah. Whiplash. Marissa Tomei, Spider-Man 1 through 3. Now dead in the MCU. Correct. Not the actress. No. Alive and well. Yes. Very well. <laughs> um, the wrestler, we're doing audience. Audience score. Mm-hmm. Critic score is very high. This movie like won awards, I think. I don't know if it won. I know it was at least nominated. Yeah, it was an award talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen it. It feels like a very serious slow, but it kind of feels like a like Broken Neck Girl movie. What was that movie? Page. No. Fighting with My Family? No. Oh, that's another the broken net. Oh, you didn't watch it. The Clean Eastwood movie that I had to watch where the chick falls oh, on the million stool. Oh, Million Dollar Baby. Snaps her neck. It's paralyzed and then he kills her. But like Million Dollar Baby. Suicide, yeah. Mm-hmm. Feels like that. I wonder what that has in Rotten Tomatoes. I bet it's a very similar score. We're going to go 80. It won. It uh, didn't win any Academy Awards, but it was nominated for Best Actor, Mickey Rourke, and Best Supporting Actress, Marissa Tomei. Mm. Did not get nominated for Best Picture, though. It's in the lower 80s. It's somewhere between 80 and 85. I just don't know which one of those numbers I want to go with. 
83 feels like a like a cop out because it's in the middle. 85 feels too square, but I always get afraid of the square numbers, and then it ends up being a square number. 84 feels like I'm trying not to do 83 or 85. Oh my gosh, that puts me at 82. We're going 82 out of 100. <laughs> if only you did the same logic with the top half of the 80s, because no, 88 percent. I would have nailed it. No, I would have been way too afraid of the, the double, double number eights. there. Yeah, never. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever guess a double anything. 11, 22, 33, 44, <laughs> never going to come out of my mouth. 88, 98% uh, critics. Wow, that's a high-rated movie. Maybe I should go watch it. I don't know. Seems like a good film. Ty, what do we got next week? I am. Um, I haven't had that excitement of the MCU in a long time. You're actually excited for this? <laughs> Jay, I've heard... I've heard nothing but good, great things about this film. I've heard it's wonderful. It's 21 Jump Street-esque, ridiculous, fun, uh, cocaine bear. Just a turn your brain off and have a blast at the movies kind of movie. That It's like a stupid, funny comedy movie that I feel like is actually going to do really well at the box office. Because everyone seems interested in this dumb movie. And I've heard that it's, like, actually not that dumb and kind of, like, it is, but it's a fun fucking watch. Like, a really good time. I haven't been looking forward to this film. I Notable uh, not drug guy. <laughs> yes. I think that's why. <laughs> Thank you, Ty. You don't like that it's encouraging the cocaine use? Yes. Uh, you- Jesse Tyler Ferguson, is he actually in this or is this one of those Google things where it says he's in it and he's not actually We'll see. If he's in it, maybe I'll change my mind. Um, it's got Ray Liotta, though. Wasn't Ray Liotta's weird dude. In many states of Newark. Weird dude. We'll see, man. We'll see how it is. I, I If if it's good, it's good. That's all I got to say about it. You know? It has a 50 Cent's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr. That it does. Not 50 Cent. Ice Cube, for one. That it does. Yes, yes. You're- for two... I didn't know Ice Cube's actual name. I'm realizing. You mean 50 Cent? Oh, no. Okay, yeah, Ice Cube. Yeah. Ice Cube's real name. I'm realizing the junior in O'Shea Jackson <laughs> has just informed me that it's O'Shea Jackson. Great detective work, Tyler. That's just. <laughs> anyway, he's not just O'Shea Jackson. He's O'Shea Jackson Sr. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. How do you get Ice Cube out of O'Shea? I don't know. Your rapper's names don't always come from sometimes the Eminem. Dog? What's Snoop Dogg's real name? That's something I've never Eminem, very clever. It's got two M's. Calvin Cortazar <laughs> Brodus Jr. <laughs> no, no fucking chance. That's his name. Calvin dude. Cortazar Brodus Jr. <laughs> like, you dropped a junior, that's a dinosaur name. <laughs> <laughs> Brodisar? <laughs> it's Calvin Cortazar Brodus Jr. Cortazar Brodus. You say that? You put that on a sign in a museum with some bones? You're thinking that's like an ancestor of like a bronchiosaurus. <laughs> Do you know he's cousins with uh, Ray J? That makes sense. I also knew this. You probably didn't. He's also cousins with uh, Sasha Banks, wrestler. Didn't know that. Yeah. Related to Nate Dog. Yep. The Dog family. Yep. That's all I got for you, Ty. Cocaine Bear. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm overly excited. This is a movie. I honestly, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp being a disappointment, 
Like, all the reviews and everything made it not a disappointment. I was just like, okay. If I don't like Cocaine Bear, I'm going to be really sad. Sorry to hear that. Like, really sad. But you'll like it. I know you will. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.